Welcome to the Nobody Guide to Life, where we provide tips and tools for personal growth, personal development, and your spiritual journey that you can use right now in your everyday life. I'm J.A. Plosker. Thank you for joining us. We're glad to have you here. You can always find out more at nobodysview.com and the nobodybible.com, or you can check us out at Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View. Our show notes are at nobodysview.com, and if you like what you hear, we'd welcome a subscription or a review. We'd appreciate it. So if you were listening last week, you already know about incredible photographer Greg Davis, artist and seeker. If you don't, head back an episode and listen to the first part. I think you're really going to enjoy it. This week, I wanted to return to the park in Austin with Craig and continue the conversation. And I want to hear about some interesting projects that he's up to, uh, especially in India. So welcome back, Greg. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, last week was amazing. Thank thanks you so for, much. Uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for letting me share. Um, I appreciate it. No, it was wonderful. So when we left off last time, you had taken us all the way through that incredible story about the young man who was drawn to your work from Vietnam. And now I know that you're involved in some other projects and you've talked to me a little bit about them and I've had an opportunity to, to view parts of that work. And I was wondering if you could just now take us on a tour of what you're doing now and, and where this search has taken you. Yeah, so, you know, when I got back from that initial one-year trip, that was 2005, um, and I didn't really know where to head. I hadn't come from the arts. I, um, I didn't have an art degree. I'd, I'd come from a business background um, selling computers for right. a living. So someone convinced me. They saw some of these pictures from that original trip. Um, I don't want to call it work because at the time it, although it was a lot of work, I didn't really look at it that way. I just, right. They were some photographs I'd captured. And I set up on a street corner in Austin, Texas, down on West 6th Street, and I call it my chicken coop days. It was very <laughs> simple, and it was $25 uh, to set up this booth, and I thought I'd give it a shot. And from that very first day, I knew that what I was capturing was touching other people. I was basically connecting two worlds. Right. Um, so, you know, fast forward five years later, uh, National Geographic Creative, which is the agency at National Geographic, reached out to me and signed me to a contract, which is one of the highest honors I could ever imagine wow. um, in this this business. I'm, I'm completely honored to, to even be able to say that. Like it's, it's some of the, some of these guys and girls are just absolutely phenomenal photographers right. and to be mentioned, you know, in, in certain times with 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 this company is 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 beyond sort of what I would have ever imagined. Hmm. But, you know, with this comes responsibility and with this comes, hey, if I'm going to do this, I got to go all in. I mean, I, this is this is my, my opportunity to really share as much as I possibly can, get out of me what's in there and, and, and just, you know, go for it. So let's see, that was 2010 is when I signed. Well, 2012, a couple of years later, I got a, um, a, a call from a museum that said, hey, and it was here in Texas. They said, hey, we want you to shoot. Um, a project for us um, and you're the artist so do whatever it is you want to do but your your theme is myth and legend wow. so they said you can either use work that you've already created or you can create new well because it was my first ever museum exhibit and that for me that was a huge feather in my cap I wanted to kind of create something new I, I didn't want it to be old work um, the very first thing that came to my mind when they said myth and legend was there's a pilgrimage a massive massive pilgrimage that happens every 12 years the big one is every 12 years the maha kumbh mela right right 
And I just, when they said myth and legend, I was like, when is Kumbh Mela? You know, because I didn't follow it at the time. And so I Googled and sure enough, it was coming up in six months. Now, can you, can you talk a little bit? Let me just stop you right there. Can you talk a little bit about what that spiritually, what that event is for our listeners who may not know? Sure, sure. So Kumbh Mela, what Kumbh Mela is, is a Hindu, it's a Hindu pilgrimage. Um, it's in India. Uh, the location is at the confluence of the Ganges, the Yamuna River, which is the river that goes by the Taj Mahal. And then they believe there's a third river underground that connects those three. And that river is called the Saraswati. So at the Ganges, Yamuna and Saraswati rivers. And by the way, it took me forever to pronounce that correctly. <laughs> but I, I finally got it. I finally got it. So at that confluence, this water every 12 years has the ability to break the cycle of reincarnation as a Hindu they believe that they're going to be reincarnated and be reborn next life according to how they live their life this life. Right. So if they were not a good person, next life, they're going to be sort of, if you will, downgraded to uh, socioeconomically. Maybe they're a snake. Maybe they're a dog. They're challenged in some way because of previous life. If they were a good person, next life, they'll be elevated, if you will. Right. So and that whatever that looks like to people. You know, I don't want to define what that means, but or what that is, even good or bad, but things happen. So I always thought that people would want to come back. Like, I just thought that was just, hey, life's so cool. Let's just do this again. But right. 100 million people didn't think so. This 2013 was wow. the Kumbh Mela, the Maha Kumbh Mela, and 100 million was the estimated figure by the Indian government wow. that made, made that journey. 100 million. I mean, that's it was 40 square miles of tent camps. Wow. Right. And people are coming in. I mean, most people um, are walking, taking the train. Uh, some people on the opposite end of that spectrum are flying in on choppers and airplanes, you know, um, and some people are staying in hotels. But those book up really quickly. Um, the city is called Allah Abad. It's the name of the city where it's held. And Allahabad is, I think it's around, I may be wrong here, but I want to say it's around 200,000 people normally. Right. So it swells, you know, to 100 million. I mean, 100 million. <sighs> it's mind-boggling. It's totally mind-boggling. It's, uh, I've never seen anything like it. Now, that's 100 million over 55 days. Right. So there are certain bathing days that are special, and those bathing days, it swelled to 30 million on February the 10th. 2013 so there are 30 million basically the size of texas all down in one central location wow uh, that morning 4 30 in the morning we were there at the banks of the river and um it was as far as the human eye could possibly see i mean people ask me all the time what is it what does it look like like i was like well you know it looks like it looks like about a hundred thousand because that's all you can take in right right you can't take in any more than that. So it's, it's a constant 100 million, you know. Um, so it's mythical. It's legendary. It definitely fit what this museum was asking of me. And, rather and that's than, where you wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, I know, of all places. But it's been, it's been amazing, the journey itself, uh, after the journey there. I mean, I, I was a pilgrim, right? I mean, I was one of the 100 million, but I wasn't necessarily a pilgrim of, of, of Hinduism, of faith. I was a pilgrim of purpose. Right, right. And my, my purpose is, through my work, to be a reminder that we're part of something greater than ourselves. Um, we decided to do a film. Uh, I decided to do a film as a part of this exhibit 
just to give people context because it is such a foreign thing. Uh, and it's amazing how many people haven't actually heard of it. So I was bringing this thing, not, not from a educational standpoint, the film, it's more just context and it was going to be an art piece. And it, it was my first time to ever direct and shoot a film. But I brought a young man who was my cinematographer who did a great job. And uh, we created an 11 minute short that complemented this work ultimately. And then that cloth paper dreams is the name of that piece. Okay. And it, it just got picked up on uh, Gaia uh, as a streaming service. Oh, so it's going to have a life of its own, which is super exciting for us. Right. That's nice. So what happened was during that event, there was a sadhu, there was a holy man on the banks of the river named, I didn't know his name, but his name's Mohan. But this holy man in a manger, very simple Indian man, waves at Travis and I. Travis and I are walking on the banks of the river that day, and, and Mohan waves. And uh, I look at Travis, and I said, you want to go have a talk, you know, go sit down. So we approached Mohan, we sat down, and we ended up spending in total about three days with the man just hanging out, questions, talking to him doing some filming. We started getting in tight with him and say, hey, do you mind if we could do some filming? We're doing this, this, uh, this small film about this. What, what is this thing to you? you know? And so right. we, we got him on, on, on film talking about what Kumbh Mela is to him and where he was from. And at one point we said, well, you know, we're from America. Where are you from? And he looks at us and has these sparkly little eyes and he says, the sky is my roof. The land is my room. Wow. And I was like, what? Well, wait a second. <laughs> um, so you just, you wander. I mean, you're, he said, yeah, I, I came from a wealthy family and I gave it all up. And uh, now my life has no tribulation. So for me, you know, I'm an American. It's all about more, more, more. Right. right. I mean, let's, let's get more. That's going to help us, you know. Right. And this man's telling me the opposite. I had that and I gave it away. So there's intrigue automatically and just the choices that he's made. I'm not going to be a sad dude. It's not in my blood but I can respect the fact that he has this non-attachment right. to things, right? It's really taught me some, a, a little bit about being attachment to these things that we have. Um, so we, we spent three days, we, we, we engaged with Mohan. Um, at one point I said, where do you hang? Do you hang out somewhere like a lot or do you, are you on, you just walking all the time? Or, he said, no, I, I live near the birthplace of Lord Krishna. He doesn't have a home, but he, he said he lived there. So I wasn't, right. I wasn't exactly sure what all that meant. But I do remember sort of, okay, made a mental note. And I knew where the birthplace of Lord Krishna was because Holi, which is the festival of color, is held in Mathura, which is where the birthplace of Lord Krishna is. Right. And I'd been to Holi the year before. So I, I kinda, it kind of stuck with me, the memory of him saying that. Well, four years later, that, that work, well, first of all, that work... Uh, it did really well. I mean, I've really pushed it to get out there because it's been really nice for these middle-sized communities and like 100,000, 200,000 people, towns in Texas to be able right. to embrace the Indian community in their towns and their communities. Um, the art community and the Indian community come together over this Kumbh Mela exhibit. And so it's not only photography and film, but I've also partnered with um, an Indian sitar player, and an Indian tabla player. So I bring in Indian music. We have the Indian dance company do dance, and then the centers will normally serve a food. So it's like this fully immersive experience of, of, of India, right? 
and it, and you bring this short film. I, I know one of the films you do is like a 10 or 11 minute that's film. You, you bring that film with yeah, you. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So when I go to the, these okay. art centers and museums, I've, I would bring the photographs. I would bring the film. We would open it up with music and dance and we would serve food. And then I would talk about this, this project, you know, and, uh, and it was really, you know, really neat for me to be able to see how these communities were engaging, these new peoples were coming together because of the project. So it was connecting, it was literally connecting worlds, which is a really right. awesome place for me to be in. Um, so successful that I thought, man, I've got to go back. I, I, I want to go back and find, I wanna, I've got to go back and try and find Mohan. The, the sky is my roof, the land is my room. Like, where, <laughs> where do you start, you know? In our last episode, you talked so passionately about asking and, and, and how things just started happening for you, the God winks following your intuition. You said four years later, what, what was that feeling like when that, when that moment hit and you think, I got to go find this guy. What, what, what do you, where do you think that came from? What, what was the, what were the moments around that, around that? You know, you? it's funny that you, that you asked that because what I asked for, I ultimately asked. And what I asked for was I need, and I couldn't work with Travis, the previous guy he's he's busy he's got his own business now he's got two children he was out so i right. really needed someone that i could trust that had the work ethic that had the heart that that i could trust right. a filmmaker i couldn't be behind the camera if i'm the one in front of the camera right quite frankly it's super awkward like i'm not i'm, I'm not an actor and i don't really prefer being in front of the camera but i pushed myself out in front of it when i made the choice to go do this so there I am out in front. So I needed someone to really be camera one and they were running this, this film. And so who is that? Mm. I, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, really, right. I'm in a coffee shop one day. A guy walks in. I just gotten back from Kumbhamele. A guy walks in, got it. I can tell the DSLR when it's got a, when it's got a microphone on it. You can pretty much tell that's okay. That's someone who's doing film most likely. So I walk <laughs> up to him. I'm like, Hey man, what's going on? I, he said, Oh, I just, I just moved to town. I've been couch surfing. Uh, my, the lady I've been couch surfing with kicked me out. I'm just kind of here at the coffee shop, like trying to figure out what my next move is. And if don't know what couch surfing is, couchsurfing.com, you can, you can go and basically surf someone's couch for free anywhere in the world. Um, right. It takes a special person to open their doors to you. Um, it also takes a special person to want to go into someone's house and sleep on their couch. I mean, and sometimes, right. A lot, totally, of trust. a lot of trust. Sometimes it's a room too. So you have your private area, but. He'd been doing that and it worked out. He'd moved from Philadelphia to Austin. He was rolling the dice. He came from a professional background. He was uh, in the money management and he was about 36 ish, something like that, 35, about when I had left mine. And so I saw myself in this young right. man. I say young man, he's 10 years younger than me. It's, uh, <laughs> I saw myself in him, you know. I was like, well, tell me more. What's going on? He said, well, I've been driving across country and I, I shoot film and. Um, just, you know, here I am trying to find a place to live. I said, I tell you what, man, I, I'm getting a good vibe. I'm leaving town this afternoon for Houston. Here's keys to my studio there. You can see he's like, what? I'm like, wow. I'm like, yeah, it's all you. And he looked at me like I was, I had three, eye, three eyeballs. <laughs> he's, he's like, what? And I'm like, dude, if you need help, you're in. Like, I trust you. It's cool. So that made an impact on him. Um, and we built this friendship. Um, he's, uh, his name is Brad Feaser. He owns and shoots he, Hardy films, Hardy, like your heart, Hardy films. And right. I knew that's the guy. I mean, Hardy, what, I mean, I, I was asking right. for a guy with heart and, uh, <laughs> Hardy film shows up. So we went on a project, uh, I'm an ambassador for a nonprofit here in Austin called well aware and well aware 
builds sustainable deep water well solutions for people in, in mostly in East Africa. Um, so deep water, sustainable water and hundred percent of their wells work. They're a fabulous organization and being an ambassador and I shoot for them. They asked me if I could do film and photography and I said, I can, but it's, you're, one's going to suffer or the other's going to suffer. If you suffer, if you really want it, if you really want it done right, bring in another gun that can do the, the film. And so I said, I know, right. I know a guy and uh, <laughs> I know a I guy. Got a guy and uh, he killed it. He did great. They love it. They love the film he put together. And so we really got to work in the trenches together and, and see how we work together. And we worked really well together. And, uh, and at that point I was like, wait, this is the guy, this is him, man. This is who I asked for. So I pitched it to him. I said, I got this crazy idea. Um, I want to go try to find this guy that told me the sky is my roof. The land is my room. I've got something I want to deliver to him. So what the question I posed is what could I possibly give to a man who has nothing but a man who could be said has everything. How American to think I could show up if I find him and give him some money. Like, right. Wow. It's a, it's a sad dude. He, he has non-attachment to things. Okay. Like possibly bring to him as, as we pose this question. And so I have this box, this wooden box, and we uh, allude to it throughout the film. We've already gone. We went in April, I'm sorry, in August last year, we, we went and shot the India part. We haven't been able to share what happened yet. Sorry guys. My mother doesn't even know. Uh, <laughs> we'll have you back on the show. We'll have you back when the film is out. Great. And we can talk per about perfect. It. Yeah. So we're, we're on lockdown and, it's hard to say no to people, but uh, it's going to make it that much more special. But in the film, we sort of allude to this this box, and there's moments where I'm opening the box and I'm maybe putting something inside the box, but you can't see what it is. It's like, what's in the box? So what is in that box is an object that was created by people that came. And I reached out, but they also came to me and, and, and helped create part of what's in this box. And the, the object really is this metaphor for what's inside of all of us. So it's universal. What's inside that box is what's inside of you, what's inside of your listeners, what's inside of me, what's inside of all of us. And so that's what I went to deliver back to Mohan, if I could find the man. Right. So that's the journey back. And right now we are, we've been talking to South by Southwest a little bit. They did an article on us before we left. So that's a huge nod for us to maybe premiere it uh, in March of next year. Right. So we're hustling for a, a December deadline to uh, to polish it off. We're still shooting some too. We're still still developing, um, but we've got a little bit of time left in front of us. Uh, we feel pretty good about where we're at right now. Well, let me ask you a question. Now, you don't. I don't want you to reveal anything about the film. Like I mm -hmm. said, we'll have you back and and we can talk through the film when it's out. But the spiritual journey, this 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 personal growth journey, in terms of your evolution not just as a photographer, as an artist, but as a soul, as a person, what was it like this time around going back to India? How did it feel this time around? Ooh, that's a, <clears throat> that's a, that's a tough question because it was not easy. Um, what do you mean by that? What do you mean it was not easy? Well, I was asking a lot of myself to try and one, go back and, and create this thing. There's a lot of money involved as well as expectations. There's all right. this stuff that swirls around um, that you really don't have control over. So ultimately, at the end of the day, you it came back to an ask. It came back to a trust. It came back to trust the process. It came back to you're not supposed to know all the answers. You're not supposed right. to figure it all out. If you had it figured out, life would be boring. 
Period. It would. <laughs> yes. How, you imagine? It would. You imagine? Like if you just knew if everything just worked and everything you did just was just just work. Everything's per everything's perfect, and you just do something, and it's like exactly what you wanted and how you wanted it. I think we it would be it would be an ugly world. I think the fact that we are challenged, that we do face these setbacks, these we overcome these things, we we question ourselves, we see the light, we we get this intuition, this this otherworldly behind the veil communication in all of our different ways that we get it. Um, that's the beautiful mystery, isn't it? I mean, I, I think so. Well, and it's really interesting because you talk a lot, very passionately, about this idea of 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 trust and sometimes we, we we get our prayers are answered in a certain way and we move on from a dark place and then we get to a new place and then we're forced to test that again so you, you know from where you were when you first surrendered you've come to a place of such artistry such creativity and now your success has bred it seems a moment where you really had to get back to trust again, just in, just in, just in new clothing. It's my, it's my lesson. Right. It's my lesson. I mean that, and I'll probably have to return to it again. Well, and that's, that was sort of, that was sort of the, the next question I was, uh, was as you see your life unfolding outside of photography and the creative process, do you find yourself carrying this message to others? Do you find people coming into your life now that are, are, are asking that same question? You said you, you, you would never be a sadhu, you know, a renunciant. But do you find yourself now in the role of mentor to people who are now coming to you asking the same questions you were asking? Yeah, you know, and that's a, that can be a weird place for me to be, honestly. Because at, right. at the end of the day, I ask myself, it's almost like what you've done with your program, the nobody's guide, right? I mean, I right. feel like, like, who am I? Like, and these are questions that we all deal with. Okay. Who, right. who, am, exactly. who, who am I to, right? Who am I to, or yeah. what, what do I know? Or like the, 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 we really have to deal with this. And I've heard even like the top brass guys at Matt Geo talk about this. They talk about, uh, this complex that, that we all have. And it is the imposter is a syndrome, imposter syndrome. Right. Right. We're all making it up, man. We're all right. <laughs> making it up as we go. I mean, honestly, we we are. I mean, it, things change and things move so quickly. And th you, once you got something figured out, it's going to move and change on you. There's another there's another lesson to be learned. So, I mean, we're yeah, it's imposter syndrome is real. So you know, when people come to me, I, it's an honor, and I I I love that 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 a lot of the times the message and the work can speak. And it opens the door to someone who wants to open to me, right? So then right, I can have right. a truly real, authentic conversation about them. Because ultimately, it's about the person who's viewing it. It's about their response to that piece. It's not about, you know, of course, a lot of people ask me, what did you shoot that with? And, you know, how did you get so close to that person? And how did you, well, I try to turn it back around. Well, how does it make you feel? Why, why, are, you, why are you drawn to, which one are you drawn to? Or why are you drawn to it? Or Right. You know, ultimately, I, it's, I want the viewer to be part of the equation because it's it's three piece equation. It's me, the subject and the viewer. And that's the that's right. the beauty of, of, of art, whether it's you know, music or poetry or, or anything. It's there's the muse, there's the creator and there's the appreciator or, or the engage engaged person. Landscapes, buildings, humans, there's so many amazing things that we can capture. And the way you capture the human story 
is very touching. You rely on being able to approach others and they allow you into their lives in a very intimate way. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting to hear how you talk about that theme of, of mentorship and how uncomfortable that is, because in a lot of ways, that's the position we all take to someone else. In our last episode, uh, for listeners that are just joining us in this episode, um, Greg told a really interesting story about a young man that was in his tent at an art show. And go back, listen to that story. You know, I, I think about that story as we're talking about this, how you provided an opportunity for that young man, five years old, the way you know, he approached you, he approached your art, and you opened yourself up and, and humbled yourself in that moment and I think really taught him something special about the nature of, of humanity, the nature of art. And you may have kicked off a search in their family mm -hmm. or some kind of discussion in their family. You don't know how that's going right. to change their lives. I think, I think we all have so much power. We all have so much power in that which right. we do in our own personal presence with someone else. Right. I mean, if someone's there in front of you, give them your, give them your, give them you, give them your attention, you know. Um, right. I think it's we all have so much power in the way that we what we give to other people. Um, and my work serves serves in that way, you know, and also my presence outside of my work when I'm with people, you know, unrelated to my work. But my presence is, is, is what I have to offer them. And we all have that access. We all have the ability to really, truly have heart and empathy and compassion and impact. And I mean, and that's what all, it all goes back to those mountains in Vietnam to that blanket weaver, to that woman, that black Hmong woman right. who showed me her, her palms. And in that gesture, completely impacted me, my life, and the people who have that piece hanging in their home, including the little boy, including the person in Stockholm, Sweden, including the person in Mexico City, including the family. And, you know, it, and I'd got to let that go and let that piece be what it is. And, and we don't need to worry so much about how it's impacting other people when it, once it's been done, but at the moment, you know, in that moment, be as present as I can with, with these people who are coming to engage in my work, particularly. I just, uh, I'm just so honored and, and grateful, you know, for this, this opportunity. You know, you've, and I'm grateful for something too. You have really helped to encapsulate the nobody concept. A lot of, one of the reasons I chose that concept uh, when I was writing the nobody Bible was, because it, it does have a negative connotation at first until you dive a little deeper. And so in a sense, you know, one of my messages is, is that we're all nobody. But what that means is being nothing is really being everything, as, as, it, as it was taught to me on the spiritual path. That it's about, it's about a sense of, of, of humility in a lot of ways and about being present and open and receptive and yielding and available. And that's, that's a tremendous power. And what you do when you create, at least from my perspective, you're behind the camera. So you, in a sense, photography is a very humble art in that respect, because no matter how good of a photographer you are, you're behind the camera and you're telling the story of what's in front of you and you're opening the way for that story to be told, whether it's a grove of trees, whether it's a hundred million people at the confluence of rivers, it's a very interesting way of thinking about photography. I mean, would you agree with that in, in a sense or, or? Yeah, yeah, I'm, um, I, I do keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm lost in your words, I love it. I, I know sometimes, you know, when I'm out there and, and I'm talking about this nobody concept, I, 
I, I try to, whatever someone is, you know, you said it so well, what, we all have this power. And I, I, I was doing an interview once and I, I gave this answer about nobody is, we're all nobody to each other until we make an introduction, right? right? You didn't know who I was. And when I emailed you, I just said hello from nobody in particular. And it, it sparked this amazing conversation between us because I really wanted to know about what you do. And then you got curious about what I do. And it's led to these two, I think, very important interviews in this space. And so that takes me to this question. As you move forward now, as you move forward with this path of photography and, and you look to your, your next projects, your next shoots that you're doing, how does all of this come full circle for you today? When, you, when we're sitting here having this conversation, and this is normally where I'd ask you about a tip or tool that you can give to our listeners. What are you thinking now for this next part of your journey? As you sit there right now, what are, what are the big things you're, you're thinking about? What are the things you're really working on right now? Well, I think ultimately it's funny that you use the term full circle because full circle is me returning back to the mountains of Vietnam uh, once wow. we finish the search for, it's called The Man for Matra is the name of this this uh, film about the search for Mohan. Once we completed it, we've done the film circuit. I want what I want for it. I want distribution and what distribution means. I don't care two hoots about fame. What I want is what comes with fame, which is being seen. And I want what reason I want that is because funding is behind that. And funding allows right. me to tell the story of my return back to the mountains of Vietnam on that trail to find the woman that my life has been weaved with. All of our lives are wow. weaved together. And this is my chance to tell the story, to go back, to find that woman and tell the story about your gesture is so important to other people. How you treat mm -hmm. other people can impact them in a moment. And next thing you know, things have changed for them for good or bad. Let's say good. Let's stay, stay on the, you know, stay up with it. But, you know, yeah, what you, how you treat others is so, so important. And so technically our lives are weaved together. We're all one blanket of humanity. And so if I get the opportunity through awareness of who I am as an artist through this second film, The Man from Matra, and it brings an investor in who believes in this message, who believes in the art, who believes in the style, the impact, and wants to be a part of it, then I'm back out on a trail in the valley below Sapa, Vietnam. So it sounds like we're back to the tip and tool of trust. It sounds like that really is your, that really is your theme is now you have to keep trusting and letting go, letting go and trusting, trusting and letting go, letting go and trusting over and over. So that's such a powerful metaphor for personal development and personal growth. It's, it's, it is very cyclical. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you're not you're not rushing towards Vietnam. What you're doing is engaging in a very powerful cycle of letting go and trusting. And that forms a wheel and that wheel will eventually help you travel to, to Vietnam. It, it's such a powerful it's such a powerful lesson. Or, or, or and, look, and I, I, look at it as, uh, as nature. Look at it as the blanket weaver's life. She's, I'm, I'm planting the seeds. I'm, wa I'm watering right. the seeds. I'm, I'm, I'm soon to harvest those seeds. As soon as I harvest those seeds, I'll have what I need to put this blanket together, to craft this story, to, 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 to move forward in, in offering this, this, next, um, this next part of this journey. And thankfully, people are interested. I mean, I, you know, 
again, it goes back to gratitude. Like I'm, I'm grateful that people would care to, to, to listen, to watch, to be inspired, to be informed. Um, there's a lot of amazing people doing amazing things out there. And, uh, we've all got it in us. I just happened to find mine on that trail that, that day in 2005. Well, that brings us full circle. And I'd like to once again, thank you, Greg, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your story. I just, I love it. Um, for everybody out there, you can find out more at gregdavisphotography.com, themanfrommatura.com, and clothpaperdreams.com. We'll have all of those in our show notes. And what will you take away from this episode? For me, I think it's the idea that sometimes it's okay not to know where the road of personal growth and spirituality will lead. What matters is that you make the most of your time, the people you meet along the way, whether it's thousands of miles away or next door, whether it's a hundred million people or someone you meet at a coffee shop, it doesn't matter. It could be that person right next door. Make the most of those moments. You can always find out more about what we're doing at nobodysview.com or the nobodybible.com, or you can reach out on Twitter and Facebook at Nobody's View. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please consider a review or a subscription. We'd really appreciate it. Keep practicing and have a good week.